T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome in, everybody, to episode number 4,691 of Trust the Tape, at least according to me. It's Jeff Cavanaugh alongside Brian Broadus, and for our first time ever, we're on location as we are recording Trust the Tape for the World, and that location is sweet, sweet, sweet Boomer Jacks in Grapevine. How about that? Oh, I love Boomer Jacks. Trust the Tape is presented by Boomer Jacks. They got all sorts of specials for you. They got locations all over the place. Boomer Jacks is the MVP of Trust the Tape. So this will be the first trust of tape where the bosses will know that I'm drinking while we record. Yeah, you, you've ordered well, and they, and they actually gave you a really good uh, options of a tall or short. Yes. And you immediately went short. Right. And then once the podcast's over, I assume you're going to go tall. Correct. That's why I said for the first one. For the first we'll go one. short for the yeah. first one. Yeah, absolutely. All right, a lot to cover in Trust the Tape today, Brian, as we have our takeaways from week eight in college football. We look forward to week nine in college football. And for maybe the first time here, we're going to get some prospect rankings. Mel Kuyper's top 25 for the midseason has come out. We are the finest scouts in all the land in media. You, because you really did it for a living. I did. And me, because I just like to pretend and put on that confident air, and then people will buy it. Um, I think you've gotten pretty good at this, though, Jeff. We're going on to our eighth season now. And, you know, the first couple of years there, it was a really... A little shaky with me? No, it was a learning process. And I think that's really what, you know, when you... And it, it, it was that way when I went to the Green Bay Packers in 1992. I'd never had any... I'd had recruiting experience and watching high school tape and stuff. But then to work with guys like John Dorsey and, you know, uh, Scott McLuhan and John Snyder and guys, we all had to learn along the way. And so I think you have done an outstanding job yourself. Dane Brugler, David Hellman, you know, when we cover the draft on a full-time basis, uh, we do a really, really, really nice job, I think, of kind of, uh, you know, getting the fans what they need to know about these players and and in a way that, you know, makes sense. We're not always right, but there would be a lot of times I feel like that I would match our scouting eye with those around the league as well. So I kind of set that up just to say – I'll use Mel Kuyper's rankings today because some people may know this and some people may just listen to the podcast and aren't aware that we do radio on the home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan and DFW. When Dak snapped his leg in half, Uh 
we started watching college tape. We did. And you, it's funny. When you, Dak yeah. doesn't snap his leg yeah. in half, we yeah. have not started on college tape yet. So we are into the college games. But if you're wanting scouting reports, that'll come down the road when we get that part of the game going. Yeah, you know, and I think, you're, you know, it's interesting, Jeff, because I was thinking about this last night because the calendar is about to change. So we're about to get into, like, November and to me, where I generally start scouting... Is it scout time? November? December 1st. Okay. So I'm looking at really four more weeks. And, you know, we've, we've, I, you know if you follow guys like, you know, with Dane Brugler and, and the others who do this for a, a full-time deal, you know, they're, they're full into it because they've been doing this since May, since really Memorial Day, and, you know, almost, a, uh, you know, a year. So that's, to me, where I, I kind of feel like that Man, there's a lot of catching up to do, but that it's also it's a very fun time though to kind of watch college games, and then know that you're going to catch college tape. You're going to watch Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss. Uh, you're going to watch uh, Iowa, Michigan. You're, you know, Penn State. There's all these teams that you're going to watch. I know we have Huskies in the fans uh, here today, so you'll watch the University of Washington. Washington. The Washington. You watch those Huskies out west and so yeah it, this is you know in, in a month's time you and i will be diving into this thing full time as we also navigate a dallas cowboys season so now we take a look at this last week and i will tell you i'm thoroughly enjoying this college football season because chaos is upon us and it chaos is. is still happening it is uh it is such a survival game for teams that were used to dominating yeah alabama is now back in the top three in the country, despite their loss to Texas A&M. And it's because even some of the undefeated teams in college football that are Power 5 teams either haven't played impressive teams or they are just scraping by. For instance, my, kind of my, sort of my, Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah. They just keep surviving. They are not, like, every week that you watch, and this one it's going to halftime against Kansas and you haven't scored a single point yet. Uh, but you're able to, you know, pull it out in the second half, and Oklahoma wins, so they stay in the top four. They're 8-0, but they're surviving. Cincinnati, who is number two in the country. You know what you don't want to play against if you're number two in the country? And uh, the service academies are scary to play, Brian. Uh, Because you never know if they're going to go on a 13-minute drive that ends with a field goal, and you're like, all right, we better score on our next drive because we might only get two possessions this whole game. Playing against the service academies is tough. In Cincinnati, they survived against Navy. The, it's not all of the teams we're used to, and it's not dominance. It's Georgia and everybody else. Yeah, it, you know, Georgia has shown that if, uh, if, if and when, and, and this weekend they have a very big game at the cocktail party in Jacksonville. You know, and, and uh, one of the great, if you have Texas OU as the Cotton Bowl is a great neutral site uh, venue. Uh, the game in uh, Jacksonville there between Florida and Georgia with the two schools between uh, the Jacksonville. It, 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 you know, you just never really know how that is going to turn out for either team. And there's been plenty of times where both teams have been ranked. There's been times where one team, Florida, was clearly better than Georgia. Georgia gets a win, or vice versa in that game. I, I've been a part of the cocktail party and it's, you know, the, the passion, the fans, everything about it screams SEC football, but it also screams, you know, Georgia, you kind of need to be on high alert 
as far as one of these games that, you know, that the old saying is, hey, you throw out all the records and when these two teams meet. But in this case, it really, really is the case. I mean, Dan Mullen is, is taking a lot of heat in Florida right now for their record. They had a bad loss in Baton Rouge uh, here against LSU just recently. I mean, fans are after him. So Florida needs to come out and have an outstanding effort, an outstanding game against Georgia. But, man, clearly when you watch Georgia play, they are the best team in college football I could see so far. Oh, and the defense is, the defense is just awesome. Yeah. That offense, you know, maybe when you play a team like Alabama, maybe you don't – Score like I, I I will not write off that Alabama can still win the SEC because I just think Bryce Young at quarterback uh, playing the way that he's capable of playing that they could probably score enough points to beat a team even like Georgia but for the moment it's Georgia that's the that's the Power Five team that has proven that uh, they belong so right now if the season ended you're looking at Georgia Cincinnati. Alabama, Oklahoma. Obviously, the season does not end today. No. Because there's 50 Big Ten teams that are right there on the doorstep, and they're going to sort themselves out as the season goes along. I think Ohio State is back in the playoff they, picture they're now. Back, they're back in the picture, clearly, like yeah. They, uh, you know, Michigan and Michigan State are going to play this weekend. One of them is going to come out of that still undefeated and looking really, really good. Oregon is still kind of surviving, like a lot of these other schools are. They survived UCLA and moved to six and one, so it, it'll just it'll be a really interesting year to see what happens as we keep going forward in the Big Ten. But CJ Stroud and Ohio State—they figured it out. They now look like they have one of the top offenses in the country. And it took them a second to get going. They took a loss early, but now they're creeping back up. Alabama's creeping back up. So maybe I'm wrong to say it's chaos. Maybe it was just going to take a second to get back to no, where we always end up. No, it's just, just Clemson no. won't be coming this no, year. No, it, it's you know, but we who would have thought that Alabama would have had a loss at Texas A and M and to a backup quarterback to a backup quarterback and you know and give the Aggies a lot of credit for that victory. You know, Alabama last year perfect on their way to the national title. This year they take the loss to Texas A and M. I mean, you kind of felt like, well, who is Alabama going to lose to? You know, there was nobody on their schedule that you really felt like, wow, that, that could that they could knock them out. Maybe Ole Miss was that team, but, you know, that didn't materialize the way it is. But I, I kind of feel like, though, to me, that when you look at, you know, it, it, it's good in a way. I, I do like the Cincinnati chaos. Oh, yeah. I, I, but Cincinnati. And then they're going to get beat by 50 in a playoff game. But Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but that's the thing about it. I don't, to me, that's where I don't know. You know, and watching, I, I'm fascinated by Cincinnati because yeah, they go to they play at that Tulane this weekend. Tulane got smashed by uh, SMU on a Thursday night last week. Maybe SMU is that team to go to Nippert Stadium at uh, in Cincinnati and get the upside. I mean, you watch SMU play offensively; they've been outstanding, and so you know that's. You know, the Bearcats at Cincinnati have navigated. They, they had a great victory at, uh, you know, at Notre Dame that kind of got them in the right direction. But I still think there's a couple of, of things that they're going to have to uh, – I use the word navigate, and I'll continue to use the word navigate because I think SMU is a good enough football team, ranked 19th in the country right now, going to play the Houston Cougars this week. And if they could stay on track – and go to Cincinnati and, and get an upset. We've seen, uh, and here I'm talking a lot about Cincinnati and SMU, but we've well, seen. They deserve it, though. What they do. I mean, we've seen SMU in Memphis before have that big game in, yeah. in Memphis to try and get them potentially. But 
Cincinnati is a for real team, you know, with Luke Fickle as that coach. I think he's going to be in line for that uh, for that. Uh, that USC job, the a, the AD out there hired him. He left Cincinnati, went out to USC, hired him at Cincinnati. If you want to play the old connect the dots game, that's a good one to connect the dots with. Well, in Cincinnati, I think they're worth talking about because, like, I'll joke about it a lot because I do believe that um, a lot of teams or the teams that are group of five, not power five, and they have great seasons, and even if they go undefeated, they don't make the playoff. And it's like, it's hard to figure out how to slot them because I, like the NCAA wants to do, I want the four best teams. Yeah. And if you don't think a group of five team is one of the best four teams, then you don't put them in. Right. But when I look at Cincinnati this year, you're talking about a team that was undefeated last year, played Georgia in the Peach Bowl, lost by a field goal. Yeah. Georgia's currently number one in the country. That's right. If you run the table this year, what more could you do to earn it? I went undefeated against everybody I played. I went toe-to-toe with Georgia in a close game. The next year, I won every game. If I can't get in now, there's no such thing as getting in, unless the answer is we have to schedule non-conference big boy power five schools that probably wouldn't want that game anyway. So yeah. for Cincinnati, yeah, I think that's, that's as impressive as you can be. Uh, but they are going to be one of those teams yeah. that you have to keep winning. Like yeah. winning against Navy by seven won't yeah. keep you up there. No, you're going to have to thump people. No, and, and you're right about that. And, and, and it'll be interesting to see when the first poll comes out what happens with Cincinnati. Or, or is the committee going to meet and put them in the top four? Oh, the actual playoff rankings? Yeah. I, 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 Will they paint themselves into a corner? Yeah. I think they're going to keep Cincinnati at a level, whether it's – in the top four or five or six, at least to have him there. And they're going to make Cincinnati win through. But will a Cincinnati team overtake a one-loss team, uh, an Ohio State or somebody like that? If You we know get to the darn end? well the answer is no. Yeah. Right? No. One-loss yeah. Ohio State, they win a Big Ten title game, and it'll be, yeah. oh, we're all huddled around our TVs. Will Cincinnati hold on to number four? Yeah. No, yeah. they will not. They yeah. just fell into fifth. Um, so, yeah, that's – and I guess it all depends on how the year ends. Obviously, the SEC will have a representative, whether it's Georgia yeah. or Bama. Uh, if Oklahoma runs the table, they would be a representative. Well, how, how many? Okay, how many times? What's going to be a little bit fascinating here is what's going to happen in the Big Ten because oh, who knows? How I many? Mean, hell, okay, even okay. this weekend, who knows? Yeah, okay, but we've seen, we've seen, and, and maybe it's they're eating their own, you know, along the way because you do have a Michigan-Michigan State matchup this weekend, and you have Penn State at Ohio State. Penn State, this Ohio weekend. State, exactly. But you know, Penn State kind of two losses, two losses, and I think that's kind of eliminated any type of play. But they could play spoiler. But yeah, how many? How when was the last time that we saw the Big Ten with? You know, other than with other than Ohio State, Michigan's playing well. Michigan State's playing well. Iowa's playing well. You know, these are the kinds of things that I think that you have to, you know, now the Big Ten can kind of puff their chest out a little bit and say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You slided us all those times. Remember last year when it came down to the playoffs and, and all these COVID games, and we were worried about Ohio State being yeah. able to play enough games yeah. to even get into the playoff consideration. Well, now – you're talking about four or five teams. Uh, from four in the, the top ten. From the Big Ten. They're all going to, trust me, they're all going to bang their chest about how do you leave me out 
over, say, if Cincinnati somehow gets into this thing. And they're all very different teams in the Big Ten right now. Like I feel like Ohio State is that hyper-explosive offense yeah. since they've sort of gotten it figured out with Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, C.J. Stroud. Um, Iowa, the number nine team in the country, I feel like is very different. That's a tough, mistake-free, let-you-screw-it-up and will-take-advantage sort of a team. Uh, and then Michigan, Michigan State is going to go a long way to sorting out what this uh, conference could look like as we see them play this weekend. Now, moving forward, I mean, I guess we've already mentioned this past weekend there were no ranked versus ranked games. Bad week. Didn't have any. Yeah. And still not a bad week of college football because even with the uh, even with none of that, well, bad week we still because, had five ranked teams lose. Yeah. Well, a bad week because my LSU Tigers took it on the chin against Ole Miss. So that, that was a bad week overall. But, no, you're right about that. And yeah. I had to watch a nine-overtime game with Penn State and Illinois, and I watched crazy. every single overtime. That was crazy how I they were. They, I didn't realize they changed the rule. Yeah. That where was, it's after just two possessions. Yeah. You just go from the two-yard line over and over. The, yeah. So I'm sitting there watching that, and I'm like, wait, I watched LSU and A&M play seven I was overtimes. at that game. I was at the L- – and it, that game That's was – That's a real seven overtime. That was a real seven overtime. This nine overtime was two real overtimes <laughs> and some two-point conversions. I don't yeah. want to hear about the longest yeah. game. That yeah. was not longer than LSU that, A&M. That is long, yeah. It was not close. Absolutely. Uh, but it was kind of fun to watch. It was fun. As no one could get two yards Nobody, to save yeah. their lives. Uh, you would figure that college programs have really good two-point plays. They don't. Not in the Big Ten. Or they ran out. They ran out of them for sure. Um, so, yes, now – now we are looking at going forward the three rank versus rank games that we have: Penn State at Ohio State. Right. Uh, I mean, Penn State at this point is really grasping at: is there any way to claw back into this thing? But as a two-loss team, Ohio State at home against Penn State is playing to try to climb into the top four, work their way to the Big Ten title game, and then into mm-hmm. the playoff. Michigan, Michigan State. I feel like this one is a game first of all it's their first top 10 meeting between them since 1964 yeah how about that and i feel like this one is kind of the even like respect bowl because you're like okay big 10 two undefeated teams neither one in the top four so the coaches the associated press they're looking at your schedule so far and going yeah whatever so whoever wins that one will get some respect and then the other rank versus rank is matt Matt Corral and Ole Miss, number 10, against number 18, Auburn, two teams in the SEC West race. Yeah, I've seen both of those teams. Uh, Auburn made a trip to Baton Rouge, saw that. They were able to get out of that when Bo Nix did a nice job running around making miracle plays. He's going to have to make some miracle plays against Ole Miss to win this game. With You talk about Corral and what he's able to do. Lane Kiffin. They play at such – both teams want to play at a really fast pace. But I think with Mississippi, though, and Mississippi struggled with their wide receivers, with their skill guys, moving around cornerbacks to have to go play wide receivers. But, man, their ability to make plays, how they're playing defensively, though, it'll be a really nice matchup. But I kind of feel like that Ole Miss is going to run away with it, with this football game. I really enjoy watching Ole Miss play this year because I like what Lane Kiffin is doing yeah. where um, – you know, I would draw a comparison, actually, if you're an NFL fan, to what happened in the Bengals and Ravens game. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 10 minutes left in the game or whatever, and it's fourth and six in your own end. You're down by 10 points. And yeah. Harbaugh was out there and said, we're going to go for it. Right. Because if we don't get it and they score points, I don't care. Like, I'm trying to win the game. I don't care if I lose by 50. We're trying to win the game. 
And Ole Miss did that same thing when they played Bama. Where it's like, we're going to go for it on fourth down every time. Yeah. Because if we can make it, maybe we beat you. I don't care what we lose by. I'm out here trying to win the game. And that's kind of the way that well, Lane Kiffin and them approach yeah. it. You know what? And that's what modern coaches need to think about. When, you know, when people like us in the media in the postgame ask Lane Kiffin, well, coach, why were you going for it so many times on fourth down? I'm trying you, to win. I'm just trying to win. Do you guys see who I'm playing? I'm playing Nick Saban. I think he's won seven national championships in his coaching career. That's one of the best teams in the history of college football, best programs in college football. I so, got to get to 50. So if you want to ask me why I'm trying to do something different, I guess I could punt every time and lose this game by 50. Yeah. Or I could go for it every time and still lose this game by 50. So, yeah, I, I think that these coaches, you know, the, the, the analytics part of it has been really fascinating and how some of these coaches have figured out. It's like, listen, punting the football is losing football. And, you know, and, and I, I think that Lane Kiff and the guys like that that have been able to kind of manage that uh, have, have done a really nice job and, and kind of moved the game into a way that where, you know, hey, we're going to see more teams go for it on their end of the field. So now I want to move over to see if there's any interesting takeaways. Good from... menu here at Boomer Jacks, by the way, right? Oh, yes. Thank you to Boomer Jacks. Yeah. We are at the uh, location in Grapevine out here by DFW Airport. Really nice crowd. A lot of TVs. Oh, gosh. They have yeah. – I don't even want to guess a number, but this has to be their biggest location. This place is huge. It is. They're filling it up. you got MLB on. you got NBA on. Yeah. Uh, you got the World Series on. you got everything happening at Boomer Jacks. Look how many locations there are. What is, something teen. Some yeah. number in the teens yeah. of DFW. And, I, and I guarantee they're all good. They're just, great. Just get them on your phone like you did, Jeffrey. That wasn't too hard. No, wasn't they're hard at all. Friendly staff here. They're going to help you out. And like you mentioned, all the TVs. And they're letting us talk college football and other things uh, in Trusted Tape. So we really do appreciate that. And the beer is a perfect temperature. It's it very is. cold. It is. So what I want to do is I want to rip through Mel Kuyper's top 25 prospects I like on it. ESPN. And we'll have a much better order when we start putting <laughs> things in order. But for now, Mel will have to do just to see if there's any takeaways from it. Because when I looked at it, there was one thing I was curious about how the national people would have them ranked yeah and uh, I kind of got my answer but we'll have to scroll a little bit to get to it so number one right now in the prospect rankings for him is Kayvon Thibodeau the defensive end out of Oregon who we have seen play the dude's a monster he is a monster and, and, and you know with, with really no clear-cut quarterback yet yep yet and I use yep. the word yet because uh, as we go through the process there will be that Joe Burrow that is the or there won't or there won't that might be the 32nd ranked prospect and then all of a sudden he ends up as the number one prospect but yeah I think the thing with Thibodeau is when you watch Oregon play and, and you can clearly tell when he's not on the field oh that yeah. they struggle with some you know you know his his ability to get up the field attack the pocket He's hard to block. I mean, it's just so – it's such an active guy. And, you know, he – I mean, he looks the part, square built, powerful body and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think – I'm trying to remember in my era of defensive tackles getting selected first overall, I think I have to go back to Steve Etman. You know, when I'm thinking about guys that were first overall picks, I'm sure there's guys that have been well, – He's an edge guy. Yeah. He's an edge guy. Yeah. Um, but, they mean, but a guy that could play in, I think he'd yeah. play in or out, that kind of a uh, – that kind of a, you know, with, with his – the flexibility. But I'm just thinking about a, a, a dominant, dominant, dominant defensive lineman. 
Number two is Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. Yeah. Who he is the modern safety. He's um, – I can't believe he's 6'4", but he's listed as 6'4", 219. And you want to cover, he can cover. You want to hit, he can hit. You want to play the run, he can play the run. Kyle Hamilton is everything for that Notre Dame defense. And he left the game against USC, and he will miss the game against North Carolina. But super versatility, super athletic. Yep. He's a stud. Yep. Number three is Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback LSU, which to me is wild because in 2019 he was incredible as a freshman. Right. 2020 he was not incredible. Nope. 2021 he's been hurt. Yep. How long does your draft stock from when you were 18 or 19 years old, how long does that hold up? Well, it's going to hold up for him until probably where he's – Draft day. Yeah, and, but, you know, this is what's so disappointing, again, from the LSU, from my standpoint of being alum, is you're right. The national championship season, he was outstanding. And then you start to wonder, the team started to go south. They so had a lot, of pro- a lot of problems last year. And then you're worried about, well, is he really hurt? Is he not hurt? Is he sitting out because he's protecting himself? And then he gets hurt this year going in. And, you know, you really have him for, I mean, his career at LSU is going to be one season. And that's his freshman year. And so if you really want to evaluate, it's much like some of these receivers or, or excuse me, defensive backs or even players that sat out. Remember last year with Micah Parsons when the evaluations, you know, he sat out because of COVID. So now you're looking at film from yeah. two years ago yeah. to try and make an evaluation. Stingley's going to be the same way. His career at LSU, I'd have to say, was not much of a career. It was really one year. Number four on Mel Kuyper's top 25 prospects at this point is Drake London, the huge wide receiver at USC, been incredibly productive this year. Number five is Evan Neal, the giant offensive tackle out of Alabama. Number six. You figured there was going to be an offensive tackle up there, though, right? Alabama. And you figured there was going to be an Alabama offensive lineman. Yeah, there was going to be an Alabama offensive lineman up there for sure. And and Neal, man, you tell you what, you you watch Alabama play, and they – especially when they wear their all-white uniforms, they just look like giants yeah. lined up next to each other out there. So 360. Alabama always has those big, physical, tough offensive linemen that you're going to have to look at in the draft. So I'm working my way down and notice the position I haven't said yet. We have not gotten to a quarterback yet. We have not. Number six, Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive now, end at Michigan. I watched him because I, I felt like that he was going to come out last year. So I've seen. Oh, him. you've already seen him. I've seen his kid play because I felt like that he was like I say was going to come out. You talk about a, a, a kind of a, a Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa kind of a clone when it comes to like low running around blocks, staying low, getting into the pocket, being around fumbles, sack fumbles. Hutchinson, he is a he's a fun one to watch. Last year again, I thought that was a guy that's going to come out. He came back to Michigan and 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 he's playing really really well for them. Charles Cross, offensive tackle, Mississippi State, is number seven. Couple offensive linemen there. Devin Lloyd, linebacker, Utah, is number eight. Mm-hmm. What position have I not said yet? You haven't said a quarterback. Trevor Penning, offensive tackle, Northern Iowa. How about that? Northern Iowa will churn out some NFL players for you now. We'll get to watch. Uh, we'll get to watch that Northern Iowa tape. It's usually pretty good from that dome there uh, in, in Iowa. And I'll tell you what, it's fun. You know, there's it's nice to have, again, a, a guy, a smaller school guy. Because, you know, you and I and, and 
Dane always. We love to watch those smaller school guys play and then trying to project him like, whoa. Yeah, you get to watch him dominate everyone. Exactly. And like, okay, how does that look well, if he's and against? Then, and then he ends up at the senior bowl, right. and then we're all going, oh, he's really is pretty good. Yeah, and yeah. that's where you answer the question. That's is where you answer the question. the shrine or yeah. the senior bowl or yeah. whatever? Yeah. DeMarvin Leal, the defensive lineman out of Texas A&M, speaking Boy. of guys that can play up and down the line. That's him. He yeah. is yep. a monster. He's number 10 for uh, Mel Kuyper at this point. 11 is Jamison Williams, wide receiver, right, Alabama. You're the Alabama – well, you're the wide receiver. So I haven't even noticed him yet. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Because every year at Bama, what happens is while we're watching tape – There's somebody else. I notice a guy you know that's what? not eligible yet, it, and for them it was Mechie this year. Yeah. So it, I know Mechie, <laughs> and I'll see if he's in the top 25 as we go. Yeah. I didn't know Jamison Williams yet. It's funny that you say that because – You've now learned what NFL scouts go through every year when you watch tape, especially when you have two teams that are like have a lot of prospects. You go, well, hey, who's that number 97? Oh, don't worry about him. He's a sophomore. Yeah. You always notice somebody that you're – you always watch somebody that you're not supposed to watch yeah. when you should be watching like Minchie or somebody when else. When we were watching <laughs> um, Jerry, Judy, and Henry Ruggs, yeah. I was like, oh, Devontae Smith. Why yeah. isn't he coming out in the yeah. draft? He's amazing. Exactly. And then last year watching Devontae Smith, I was like, who is this Mechie? Yeah. Oh, he's not eligible yeah, yet. exactly. So there is Jamison Williams at 11. Number 12 is Tyler Linderbaum. There's your center. The center from Iowa. I've watched him because I thought he was going to come out. And you talk about a guy, I thought at the time, I'm glad he went back because, to me, there was a little bit of some of undersize. I didn't see a very powerful guy. I think he might be listed at, like, 290, 295, something like that. He doesn't look like the strongest, like a Big Ten type of a center. But you talk about athletic ability, second-level block, reach, scoop, help, help with protection and all that. Uh, he is an outstanding player in that regard. And then here, I'm going to guess that this will not be the only Georgia defender in the top 25. No. But Nicobe Dean, inside linebacker at Georgia, yep. is number 13. Uh, Kingsley Inakbare, don't kill me if I say something wrong. South Carolina, South Carolina edge guy is number 14. Ah. And now at 15, we get to a quarterback. Yes. So the question is, we'll need push these up. Will these rankings change as we get closer? Or are we staring down the barrel of an EJ Manuel draft where maybe the first quarterback goes in the teens? Kenny yeah. Pickett, quarterback Pitt. They've only lost one game this year. Yeah. Kenny Pickett has played great. He has. Uh, and so he is number 15 at this point. It's funny because usually Kuyper over-evaluates quarterbacks. And in this case, he has one in the top 15. But remember how we started with – Yep. You know, the prospects at North Carolina, you prospects uh, at Cincinnati, all these prospects. And the, the, the first one to be at 15, I have a feeling, Jeff, that when we get to the quarterback evaluations, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle to kind of find the right guy. And yep. whether that's, you know, the guy at Ole Miss or the guy at Cincinnati or, you know, North Carolina, wherever – it is going to be a lot of like, mm, I'm not sure oh, about this. I'm <laughs> I don't not know. I don't know. Yeah, you get a little Tony Romo, Jim. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, but uh, the fact that the that the first quarterbacks at that spot, I think, is uh, is a very eye opening to a lot of teams. Mel Kuyper's top 25 prospects at the midpoint or so of the college football season. I guess we're past the midpoint. Jahan yeah. Dotson, the wide receiver at Penn State, he makes big plays every week. He sure does. Smaller wide receiver, sure super does. explosive. Number 17, Ohio State offensive tackle, Nicholas Petit-Frere. Uh, 18, Ohio State wide receiver, Garrett Wilson. 
19, Roger McCreary, corner at Auburn. 20, here's your second There's quarterback, your quarterback right Matt there. Yep. Corral, quarterback Ole Miss, who I've probably seen play five times this year. Okay, let me ask you this, though. Do you have any type of comparison with him? Yeah, I compare he, him to Baker. Yeah, he's undersized, but kind of wants to get chippy and run into people for yeah, no reason, he, even though he's prob- like he's not super athletic, but he's willing to lower a shoulder into yeah. a secondary guy. I, I was watching him on the goal line against old uh, against LSU the other day. You don't like, mind. It's like lower shoulder <laughs> and a run over linebacker guy. You know, yeah, and, yeah I, I, he plays with an incredible amount of toughness. I think he's a kind of a, but he's kind of a slightly built guy. Like not a big guy. I mean, he looks he looks for not six a foot. huge arm. Yeah, he's not accurate, thick. smart, tough. Yeah. Will somebody will somebody see that as a first round player? Yep. I guess I, you're probably right. Teams need quarterbacks. You're probably right. Number twenty one is Chris Olave, yep. wide receiver, Ohio State. Well, that's kind of a drop for him. We thought he might be a Heisman Trophy type of a candidate, didn't we? Initially, when yeah. we did the first show, we were like, "Oh, check out Chris Olave." I mean, I've watched Olave last year yeah. because I thought he was going to come out in the yeah. draft, and yeah. I like him. But he's also one of those guys where it's like, "What's your standout trait?" Yeah, he's a slim-ish wide receiver who I don't think is a burner. Yeah. He's just really good. He's yeah. a good, nuanced wide receiver that catches everything. Offensive tackle out of Minnesota, Daniel Balele is number 22. He is a big man. I remember watching him in the early season games. They were playing Ohio State there in Minneapolis. That dude oh, is, you ain't kidding. is huge. 6'9", 380. He is huge, and he moves very well. <laughs> Traylon Burks, the big slot receiver out of Arkansas, is number 23. Elam, the Florida corner, 24. And Desmond Ritter, Cincy's quarterback, number he's got, 25. He's got, he's got all those quarterbacks together near the bottom of the board. It'll be interesting to see, like you said, Jeff, if, in fact, need elevates uh, some of these guys to uh, higher standards. Uh, Malik Willis, Liberty, is his next quarterback. Sam Howell, Phil Jerkovich, Have you Carson watched him Strong. play the Liberty? I haven't seen Liberty play. I have play not them. seen Liberty play, but we're about to have – hold on, I need to look this up. Because Liberty, this week, I believe, is playing against another top quarterback. Liberty football schedule. Hold on, let me see here. Yeah, our buddies we're at Coastal – do it live. Yeah, Coastal Carolina took a, took a hit last week. Oh, it'll be November 6th. Liberty, you'll see him because it'll be Malik Wills against uh, Matt Corral and Ole Miss. Oh, there you go. That'll be a November 6th Wow, game. why is Ole Miss scheduling that game? All of a sudden, they probably thought they were going to get a W against Liberty. Liberty might come in there. And late season tune-up. Yeah. Late season sudden, tune-up. Yeah, there you go. All right. So, uh, do you have any parting shots as we are here live? It is Trust the Tape presented by Boomer Jacks yeah. live at Boomer Jacks. Because otherwise, we're about to shut this thing down and uh, boomer jack it up. Yeah, you know, what I think about as we kind of navigate, again, the word I use for this, the remainder of these college games is, you know, keep an eye on you, you, all the names at Kuiper. And I, I guarantee we'll have a better list than what Kuiper's got. But right now, that's kind of what you go you off gotta of. you got to work off what you got, you Dane. Gotta, you Let's gotta, go, Dane. Dane give Berger, me a top yeah, 100. Dane, Dane will give us a top 100. I'm sure that he'll have a lot more players on there. But... I, I think where the, where some of these guys are positions as we get ready for to really start to dive into the draft. I know me personally, December first is always my day. So four more weeks of that. But I, I'm I'm fascinated about the quarterbacks. I love the fact there's a bunch of offensive linemen there. I love the fact there's some defensive ends involved and then some linebackers. And how about a safety being in the top five of the draft potentially? <laughs> That doesn't happen very often, but yeah. I, I will say this though: it uh, if all of a sudden it you know we we start to do this legwork and 
he's clearly worth that, then, you know, I, I kind of feel that uh, this will be a fun draft because it'll be with a lot of different levels. And it be, will, it'll be a draft of maybe take the best available player. Maybe Don't, do that all the time. That kind of works. Or as close as you can to it, kinda, realistically. Kind of works. All right, that'll do it for episode number 56,491 of Trust the Tape live at Boomer Jacks. Uh, for Brian Broadus at Brian Broadus on Twitter, I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at JC1053. And we will catch you next week on Trust the Tape presented by Boomer Jacks. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.